family, what's going on? It's Yvette Carnell coming to you um, as I do at 9 p.m. ish. Um, <laughs> Monday and Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's irony fault. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we are coming to you um, today with some, some interesting stuff. I want to give everybody a time to do what I always do. Listen, get your libations. And I, like I said, I've said this before. But your libations don't need to be necessarily alcohol. I had somebody in the comments say, Man, I can't believe you are telling people to drink alcohol. I never said that. Drink whatever you want to drink. If you want to drink water, if you want to drink tea, if you want to drink whatever you want to do, do it. I didn't tell you what to do. I hate people do that. I don't make anybody do anything. If you want to drink a glass of wine, drink it, regardless of what that random person said. If you want to drink a Coca-Cola, if you want to drink, I don't like sugary drinks, but I'm not going to tell you orange juice, water, spritz of water, mineral water, drink whatever you want to drink. You get one life, as far as I know, drink it. So get your libations. We have something important to talk about. Hey, Sonya, what's going on, everybody, in the chat room? What's going on, Ellen, Gabby? We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about because I wanted to get to this Monday, but we had pressing, ish, pressing issues with Deshaun P. Diddy Combs <laughs> stuff we had going on. So I couldn't get to it Monday, even though the incident happened on Sunday. So I'm going to get to it, but as I do at the beginning of every show, and if you don't watch the show, don't tell me you take too much time in the beginning. You're new here, so just calm down. If, you, if you're if watching this and you are new here and you like what you see, hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. Please share this on your Facebook page. Share it on your Twitter if tweeting is something that you're into. Please share it in groups. If you find that it doesn't have the right title, just debug it. You can go to Facebook. You can Google Facebook debugger. I don't know why YouTube does this sometimes, but just debug it for me. I'd appreciate it. So that it can show up right on your Facebook. Also, if you want to help and contribute to what Iron Man and I are doing here, please, 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 please go to um, please go to breakingbrown.com. You can make a one-time donation. You can make a monthly donation. Okay. You can also subscribe to the newsletter, which comes out every Sunday. It has news links that I come across that I think are important to the education of black people. The political education of African-Americans, descendants of slaves. So please, please, please check that out. And again, you can go to breakingbrown.com and get that. Um, and I also include in the newsletter a lot of links from previous episodes. So you'll be like, Yvette, what's that link? I saw you had a link. I'm going to include it at some point in the newsletter, okay? So I want to do that. If you get the newsletter, please add editor at breakingbrown.com to your contacts. I know some of you had emails that, that were bouncing back when you were sending them to me. We have fixed that now. So, you know, Matthew and I, Matthew the intern, y'all remember him, we fixed that. And so that's good now. Um, so that's where we are. And go to subscribe to Brown too. Subscribe to brown.com. There's no fee. There's no charge for that. But I want to get everybody on my mailing list. So in case stuff goes wrong, you never know. You never know. We don't, we're not in control of YouTube or Facebook or anything. So you never know. And people could pull that right on out. And I just want to have control of it. So I want to... You know, I want to get right into it. And I want to start by talking about something that I talked about. I talked about it last week. Um, and I talked about it Monday. I talked about, we talked about Diddy, remember? And we talked about, I'm just giving you a frame. If you all watch, everybody knows how I like to frame the conversation. Well, we talked about Diddy. One of the things I talked about, and we talked about Barkley. 
I talked about when, when, when African-Americans are faced with serious issues and we have a choice. How are we going to respond to Charlottesville, right? What is going to be our way forward? There are black people who are trotted out. They are trotted out by whoever the powers that be are to basically come out and tell us to do something that doesn't matter. And so we talked about Diddy doing it. I, oh, we got, this is how I thought of, I thought of French vanilla. I thought of this because I like ice cream. And then I thought of French Montana. I thought they go good together. No, French vanilla is an ice cream. It's been around for a long time. You didn't have anything to do with the name of it. The, the people who own Ciroc told you go sell French vanilla. And that's how you did it. Okay. And everybody thinks he's a genius. How? So we thought about, we talked a lot about the last episode about how that works. And that was for Diddy. What we have to understand is that he is not alone. Barkley is not alone. None of these people are alone. There are other people who also do the same thing. And some of them march with Dr. King. Uh-oh. Some of them are still piggybacking on having marched with Dr. King, even though their values no longer line up with anything that Dr. King believed in. Okay? I give you, ladies and gentlemen, former mayor of Atlanta, confidant and friend to Dr. King, Andrew Young. This is Andrew Young, ladies and gentlemen, on Meet the Press on Sunday. This is him. Live and in color. He was on Meet the Press. Andrew Young was somewhat minding his own business when these people who have paid him trotted him out. Told him, take off your slippers. We know you, but you're going to have to go here and have this conversation because the natives are restless. The African-Americans are restless. And they don't like Charlottesville. They don't like how this stuff is going down. So you have to get out here and have the conversation. You have to tell these people to just forgive and love <laughs> and everything going to be all right. And tell them what you did in 62 and 65 and everything will be all right. They trotted him out again. Okay. And so what, you know... Part of the problem that I'm going to put forth here is that there is no reason that Andrew Young or anybody of that generation is still leading. Part of the problem that we have in the black community is the young wolves that are up now and spry and muscular and in their prime. The young wolves never told the old wolves to go sit down. That's the life cycle. When you get old. You got to go sit down and it's up to the young wolf to bite at you and snap at you and say, sit down. And that never happened in our community. So we let all these old people who are on the verge of just, I don't know, whatever they got going on because you get old, you die. It's going to happen to all of us if we live long enough. But we never tell them, go sit down. And we never tell them you're out of touch. You don't know enough about what's going on in the 21st century. Have you read Capital in the 21st century? You don't know enough about what is going on to have this conversation. If you want to tell me something about 1965 or 1963 or about Martin Luther King, you can do that. But you cannot speak for me here. We never do that to these people. So they get to come on and meet the press and they get to come on and speak for us. And white people, they don't know no better. The majority, you know, the majority of white people don't even have a black friend. So they don't know enough to say this person don't know no black people. He's not speaking for black people. They don't know enough. No, he's picked. I think he's picked. He's picked? I think he's picked because he knows exact. They know exactly what Andrew Young's going to say. They know what he's going to say. They know what he's going to say. Because they could have picked you. 
They could have picked, I don't know, they could have picked, uh, maybe not Jim Brown, but they could have picked an older black guy. Like, they could have picked someone different. They didn't yeah, they want have, to. Yeah, but they're going to trot you out and get you, put your nightgown on, take your yeah. nightgown, put up this number two and three. So, people, I want, I know there's some millennials watching, there's some young people watching with their kids. I want you to put up clips two and three. I want you to show you who Andrew Young was in the struggle. I want to show, and I got no disrespect for that. I got no disrespect for who you was in the struggle, but I want to provide every conversation I have, I like to provide you with context. So, I want you to understand who this man was. I want you to understand his role. I want you to understand who he was to Dr. King. Dr. King who took a bullet for the struggle, right? I want you to understand who this man is. And so that's Andy Young. That's Dr. King. Always together. Even together, I think, when King passed. When he got assassinated. Always together. So I, what I want to do, he was on Meet the Press talking to little crazy Chuck Todd. Um, about what he thinks about Trump and what he thinks about Charlottesville and the white nationalists. And I want to, I, I got a list here of some quotes. I listened to the interview and I got a list here of quotes that he said. And I want to kind of take them point by point. But you got a clip, don't you want to play? I got a clip. I, I want to let Ira play the clip. Then we're going to take some stuff point by point. Ira's going to play the clip. Then we're going to come back to it. I want you to really get a feel for what this man was saying about these white nationalists and white supremacists and racists who were in Charlottesville. Let's get a, let's get a sense of that, and then we can have a conversation. So whenever you're ready, Ira, go ahead. You can put, you can put it big. because We originally sought to redeem the soul of America from the triple evils of race, war, and poverty. Most of the issues that we are dealing with now are related to poverty, but we still want to put everything in a racial context. The problem with the, and the reason I, I feel uncomfortable condemning the Klan types, is they're almost the poorest of the poor. They're the forgotten Americans. And um, they, they have been used and abused and neglected uh, instead of giving them affordable health care, they give them black lung jobs, and they're happy. And that just doesn't make sense in today's world. And they see progress in the black community and on television and everywhere else, and they don't share it. Now, it's not our fault. Um, we've had a struggle from slavery, but... Black, um, well, they call themselves militants, but they're not militant. Um, they're chicken. <laughs> we never tried to take advantage of anybody else. Our job was not to put down white people. Our job was to lift everybody up together, to come so that we would learn to live together as brothers and sisters rather than perish together as fools. It feels like we're in a moment um, where we're stuck. Uh, and we're stuck for a lot of reasons. Uh, and, and the president, you have some have even said there's a growing uh, cabal of folks who believe he's already lost his moral authority to be a healer in all this, to, to help with reconciliation and all this because of what he did on Tuesday. If he called you this week, what would you tell him? How would you tell him to fix this? I, I don't know what I would say because I think he's caught in a trap. And um, I don't think there are any easy answers. Um, What's the trap? 
the trap is that he's still politicking and thinking nationally as a nationalist uh, and so is almost everybody else including those who are trying to think back and blame it on the Civil War which is hundreds of years ago uh, but the, tr the problem we have is that we're not living in a nationalist environment and that's also his problem personally that that he's his business is all global his business is in a global economy and he's trying to run the country from a national economy you just said you don't know what you quite you don't know how he can get out of his trap so what would you well, say to no. him now if he's asking you for help no, no, I don't know but for instance I I, I think that uh, he made a mistake of thinking that living was easy <laughs> and it just is not I mean it's hell to pass a bill it's hell to change an attitude it's hell and um, almost any changes and I tell you what I admire his family and I think that the thing that the president has to do is think of the American people all of us as his family and I try to think of him as a potential leader not only of the United States of America but a leader of the free world mm -hmm. and of the enslaved world. You come from the nonviolence movement uh, yeah. that was successful. Um, what do you say to those uh, activists two generations uh, uh, later who think violence is the right way to do no, it's, it? No, it's more about five generations later. And there were those who thought violence was the right way then. And they're not around. And they weren't killed by white people. They were killed by their own anger and frustration and their inability to turn down their emotions and turn on their mind. And from four years old, I was always taught. My father used to tap me in the face and, you know, to try to get me upset. Mm -hmm. And if I, if, if I swung back at him, he slapped me upside my head. He said, see, if you start getting emotional in a fight, you're going to lose the fight. Don't get mad, get smart. And that's been serving, that served me well. And it served me walking in the midst of the Klan alone at night without a gun, without police protection. And the only reason I did it was the only ones that were courageous enough to go there with me and who insisted that I go were women and children. The men, you know, hide behind all kinds of militant solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we have to keep our eyes on the prize. And the prize is not vengeance, not getting even, but the prize is redemption. By the way, I also asked Mr. Young about the Confederate symbol debate. And he said removing these symbols can sometimes be more trouble than it's worth. He even cited the Georgia flag controversy in the early part of this 21st century. He said because of that, the state lost millions and millions of dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, this man just said the prize is redemption. Understand, the prize is redemption. Ooh. Not jobs, not money in black people's pockets, but redemption. This is why he has to go. 
But let me just read in case you forgot. Let me just let me just let me just read a few things that he said during that clip, which was grating to me as it was to you. I watched the comments as you all were commenting while he was talking. It was just as bad for me as it was for you. But he said we still want to put everything in a racial context. The prize is redemption. Trump is caught in a trap. So Trump is the victim because he's caught in a trap. Right? Trump and the Klansmen. Don't forget. We have yeah, to feel sorry for We have these. to feel like they got the black lung. It's hard out there for a white supremacist. It's hard out Especially there. a poor one. Do you know how it is to be a poor white supremacist? Do you have a clip? Put that thing up. I mean, put that thing. I mean, put that up. When you get, put that up. Like, put that up. Like, this is, who, this, is, this is who he wants you to have sympathy for. Understand, the people who chased... And killed and maimed African Americans and tortured us. This is who he wants you to have sympathy for and talk about what well, they got the worst of America. This is what they did to us. And this is what they would do to us again if they were allowed. This is what the position they want us in. But he's telling you, well, you have to have sympathy for the clan. I, I have a hard time holding these clans out. They're the poorest of the poor. He says they're the poorest of the poor. That's actually not That's true. That's a lie. That's <laughs> not true. That's a bold-faced lie. The poorest of the poor in this country are African Americans because we come from slaves. We have no generational wealth to pass down to our kids or to receive from most of our parents. That is where we are. This man got on Meet the Press and bold-faced lied, and Chuck Todd sit there, and Chuck Todd told us what irony, what a nonviolent no. movement worked. The non did it? No, did it? Black did people, it? at home, did the nonviolent movement work? Do you live in a stable, middle-class black neighborhood where, like, you have, a, everyone around you has $80,000 job? 8000 my ass. 500 500 in the bank and $80,000 coming in a year. That's what it would look like if it worked. That's what it would close to look like if it were. And I'm not, I'm not disparaging King. No, but there it didn't people, work. There are people who should have, who should have, who should have held up this bargain after King got shot, nice. and instead they went and got a payday after King took a bullet for trying to make sure that black people got their money. People like Andrew Young went and got a payday. That's what they got, and that's not all. We wouldn't be talking about the wealth gap. Yeah. We wouldn't be talking about a wealth gap about like a hundred thousand K in the median white household and seventeen hundred dollars in the median black household. No. We wouldn't be talking about that if nonviolence worked. No, and it would and the thing is King started something. It was the beginning. It wasn't supposed to be the end. He got civil we got we talking about Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act. All these people who went and got the check were supposed to keep it moving. They didn't. They went and cashed out. Like at the casino. You went and cashed out, didn't you, Andy Young? Because you said some other stuff in the rest of that interview. And go check out the whole thing. It's about 16 minutes long. You talked about getting money from Wall Street. Didn't you, Andy? Okay. So let me just say one thing. He talks about how all these clans people are the poorest people. And they got black lung disease. Now I want you to bring up clip number four, Army, for me. I, I have a, uh, give me a second. Yeah. But you got to bring up clip number four. Because clip number four is going to bring us into... Why the whole thing about these poor Klansmen? How you have a black man who lived through the civil rights movement talk about? I have a hard time. I'm gonna. I'm, this is a clip of the poor. This is a picture of the poorest of the poor. Do these people look like the poorest of the poor to you? Put it up. Like at home, do these people look like the poorest of the poor to you? These guys. And the one who killed the girl. <laughs> the one who killed a girl was living with his mom, but not because of anything. He was. He just couldn't make it in the army. <laughs> yeah. He got washed out. He wanted to be in the army. He couldn't make it. And so that's what I heard. He couldn't make it. And so he was just angry at everybody. You a white man. Was, 
I mean, and it's not like nobody like listen. I'm Richard said this Spencer is not the times. poorest of the poor. What do you? No, think? put that put that boy put that boy. Rich, let me tell you, Richard Spencer, the poorest of the poor. About the poorest of the poor, we got to give a history. Richard Spencer, in case you don't know who he is, this is the man who is leading the white supremacist movement in this country, right? He the man who got got punched. He's leading the white supremacist movement in this country. Richard Spencer, let me tell you about him. Guess what he does for a living? Nothing. <laughs> he has 5,200. He, his mama, and a sibling have 5,200 acres of land that's used for like cotton, cotton and corn farming. Cotton and corn, what that sound like? In the poorest part of Louisiana, in a majority African-American area. Inherited. Inherited from his granddaddy. When did his granddaddy? When did his granddaddy create this? During Jim Crow. Well, here's the problem, and this is why we need reparations. Because couldn't no black person compete with him? There was no black person to compete with his granddaddy. You know why? Because we were off the board by making us slaves by another name and and, and discriminating against us and not letting us compete during the time when people were building wealth. You took us off the board. And so we couldn't get anything during that period. So his daddy got all that land, passed it down, and now this fool gets to go around and raise money and give opportunity and stuff to white supremacists, right? And let me tell you something. While y'all keep telling me that we don't need no money from the government, guess what Richard Spencer gets? (laughs) Don't worry, I'll wait. From 2008 to 2015, read the Mother Jones article. His family, for that farm they got, Got $2 million in subsidies. Let me tell you something. These people don't care about getting money from the government. We're the only ones stupid enough to say, oh, I don't need any money from the government. I can make it my own. I ain't going to ask nobody for nothing. You know, like that P. Diddy Combs thing said, we're not going to ask nobody for nothing. We shouldn't have to. He's an idiot. Why can't we just call these people idiots? I don't care if he had. Well, he did bad, boy. He's an idiot. For you to say that means you have no political context and you don't know. The money that these other people are pulling in from the government. $2 million from 2008 to 2015. Government subsidies just for growing cotton and corn. You ain't did nothing special. And you ain't did nothing special because your granddaddy had that. And why? Because he had cheap labor like Negroes and stuff to work there <laughs> because we have no rights. But you're going to tell me we don't deserve anything. And it's only because those of you who say that, it's only because you are willing you're not willing to die trying. You think you can sit somewhere and be apolitical and stuff's going to happen for you. Well, I got a news flash for you. It won't. That's not how progress is made. You have to put something on the line. Well, that's what happens when you take black people off the board. You can do whatever you want to do. They ain't got no rights. I can use them how I want to use them as labor or whatever and do what I want to do and ain't nothing they can do about it. And they can't even compete with me because they ain't got no access to capital. They ain't got access to rights, let alone capital. That's who we were. Do I need to bring the slavery chart up again and show you that we were out picking cotton probably for them? Because we have no other options because America treated us like garbage. You know, you know, one thing I want to say, you, you... you might say to me, and some people I know are going to say to me, well, Yvette, Richard Spencer's only one man. No, no, no. No, no, no. Put a clip five on me. And let's talk about what he said about, 
about the white people, the, the Klansmen, having black lung and being the worst of it and being the worst of the worst. No, the no, no, no. Black poverty differs from white poverty. Yeah. Black poverty is worse than white poverty. There are several studies that have proved this again and again and again and again. Yet we have these people keep coming on TV saying, well, you know, these are, I, I, I have a hard time feeling, I have a hard time talking about the clans people because they, they've been shafted. Shafted how? Now you can put clip number six, 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 Iron Man. I want you, because we're going to roll through these clips because I want you to understand. I try not to bring you too much stuff without data. Okay? So I want you to understand what our life as poor people as looks like versus what their life as poor people look like. Stop telling me, well, Yvette, they're poor white people too. They have an actual class structure. We don't. We're mostly working class poor with Oprah and like 20 people in Hollywood and a few, <laughs> a few professional a few football ballers, players. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's At a 20 or 40 million. And let me tell you something. In studies, they always cut off the top, the very top, and the very bottom. If you cut off the very top, those people are gone. Now, you see racial disparities in concentrated poverty. The blacks are in purple. The whites are in green. Look at that concentrated poverty from Phoenix to Dallas. Look at that purple. That purple is black. Look how much higher that purple is than that green. Philadelphia and Chicago, And man. we're just talking about cities right now. We ain't even got into the suburbs. Yep. We're just talking about cities. Right. Suburban poverty is real now. We're going to be seeing that later on. But look at, look at that. Chicago and Philadelphia. Look at it. Look at it. San Look's- Diego, St. Louis. Look at Tampa, Baltimore, Seattle. All of those places. Look at the green. That's the white people. And look at us. No those comparison. Poverty numbers. Poverty numbers. Highly concentrated. It shows like 40% of black people. You know, now like white people who live in poverty live in, live in areas where 40% of people are more poor. Like everybody around you is poor. White people can be here, there, be poor. Everybody around you is poor. Highly concentrated poverty. Highly concentrated poverty. That's how we live. St. Louis is something though. It looks like white people have money in St. Louis and black people don't is what it looks like. I mean, that's, I'm looking at St. Louis right now. That's what I see. Yeah. Like- it says, look, and this comes from the Washington Post article. It says, in in five-year American community survey data from 2009 to 2013, more than a third of all poor African Americans in metropolitan Chicago live in high-poverty census tracts, where the poverty rate is above 40%. That number has gotten worse since 2000, and it's about 10 times higher than for poor whites. Stop telling me that white people are poor just the same as black people. That's a lie. Don't believe that lie. Let that go. Anybody who tells you that is not being telling you the truth and is not being honest. And he calls, but he, 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 let, me, let me continue about the former mayor of Atlanta. He says, you know, the, 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 the KKK are the forgotten Americans. The people who hung us up by trees, lynched black people for stuff they didn't do. For mostly black men, for rapes they didn't commit. These, according to Andrew Young, are the forgotten Americans. And he says, I feel uncomfortable condemning Klan types. He feels uncomfortable condemning an American terrorist group. Okay, and he says, he says, this week he talked to, last week was a week of misunderstandings. There is no misunderstanding when you hate African Americans. And when you think we're inferior, that is not a misunderstanding. These people are very clear on who they are. He says, they're used and abused and neglected. That's what he called a clan. Used and abused and neglected. They've watched black people succeed. Where? 
see progress in our community. Put up clip number seven, Army. Let me show you. Let me show you what's really going on in our community. I like to talk about data because I don't want you to come back and be like, "Wait, vet, you just saying stuff." No, no, no. Let's 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 go through this piece by piece by piece. And just talk about the data before we talk about something else that needs to be said. But let's go through this piece by piece by piece and let's talk about the data. That's what I want to do. Let's figure this out. He says that, you know, they're just jealous because they've seen us succeed. <laughs> we're, we're not succeeding. Well, let, let me see. Well, let's, let's we're see. We're downwardly mobile. We're downwardly mobile? Down, what does that mean, Yvette? And we were. And you remember, it means that 7 out of 10 of these black kids who are born into, into middle-class households, will fall into a, into a lower quintile. Not for no fault of their own. Remember, black people save more. We work just as hard as harder. Even if we got degrees, we can't do better than white people. That's racism. That's systemic bias in the system. So how then does Andrew Young get to go on and say, well, you know, they just see us succeeding. Now, let, 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 let's go to clip number eight, because I want to roll through these items. Clip number eight. Let's go to clip number eight. We're going to talk about that one, too. I want you all to keep this in mind. You can look this up. This ain't nothing I'm making up. I'm not just talking to you. I don't just talk to you and, and turn the camera on and just start talking. Hey, well, hello. How y'all doing? What's going on? <laughs> What's up? What's shaking? No, we're having a conversation about data because data matters. Hashtag data matters. Right? This is this is this is this is what it is. The title says of this one says it all. Read that title. I can't see it yet. Oh, uh, says <laughs> half of Black Americans born poor stay poor. Half of Amer- half of Black Americans born poor stay poor. Think about that. Think about that. Born poor stay poor. That means there's no that what that means is that they've cut off the spigot. That's what that means. That means that they have said basically there is no opportunity. So all these boomers, and I'm talking about Andrew Young, all these old people said go to school and do all this stuff. But what you find out is that it don't work no more. And instead of keeping instead of pushing for us and saying, hey, going to school isn't working for our kids, what are we gonna do? We're gonna make the, we're gonna make our politicians do something. We're going these people have become apolitical. They don't get into politics no more. Well, you know, it worked for me. And I know I had some boomers say, well, I'm not like that. I understand that there may be five or ten of y'all or, or five or ten percent. But a lot of boomers are selfish. They have told us to go to school. We did everything they told them to do. And then we get out and it don't work. And then we find out they have been apolitical. And they're not doing anything on our behalf. They are not working on our behalf. They're not making sure that we are doing stuff. And that they are doing stuff this, because that's politics. You cannot be black and be apolitical and expect yourself to be worthy of anything in my eyes. Being apolitical and an African-American is a recipe for failure. When you talk about, you say, well, I'm depressed. I don't, Yvette, you depress me. No, the data depressed you. But you can get active. We can do something about it. But these boomers have done nothing. They have gotten a little piece of the pie. They have gotten their little corporate jobs and they have tucked their tail and hid. And we have got to hold them accountable for that. That you have got to be held accountable for what you have done to your kids and your grandkids and you ain't nothing. And most of y'all have not done what you need to do to keep the politics moving so that the door can remain open and you don't care. And let me just say this. 
let me just say this. We talked about we talked about half a black staying poor, but we don't have a we talked about not having a real put up clip number nine, Iron, so we can talk about that. We can talk about what well, he talks about. Well, they these these clansmen have seen us succeed, and that's what makes them so angry. They've seen us succeed. Well, well, no, 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 no. Again, we have not succeeded. We have not succeeded, and we're gonna keep them coming 10 and 11 after that. So I want you to look at this chart. Put it up big. Put it up, yeah, put it up there. Look at this chart for me. Number of black children in poverty may have eclipsed whites for the first time on record. We are 14% of the population. I checked it again. I said it was 13 one time, but it's 14 now, I think. Closer to 14. We have, ecl- we have eclipsed in terms of children, number of black children in poverty than white children, and we are 14% of the population. We are dying. We are being eradicated. And this Negro has the nerve. He has the nerve to go on meet the press and say a bunch of junk that ain't true. And you saying, well, Yvette, why are you disrespecting him? He disrespected me when he got on TV. And he ain't no better than me. He disrespected me when he got on TV and said the stuff he said. That was disrespectful. That was disrespectful to me. That was disrespectful to you. That was disrespectful to all of us that this man got on TV and said that junk and ain't none of it true because some white people told him to go on and say it. Get on out there. We need you out there now. Stuff's going on. <laughs> Get your slippers on, old man. We've been paying you for a long time. You've been mad, but let got a lot of stuff that we paid for. Get yourself out there. Put up clip 10, Iron. Is that clip 10? No, hold on. So, I mean, you, we, we have to. We have to understand where we are. This is not to depress you. This is not to depress you. This is for you so you don't be stupid and believe that this is black excellence, baby. That nonsense that Puffy is pushing. This is so that you you understand. If that's right, we need black politics. That's what this is about. It's not about to make you feel some kind of way. And and you got to stop saying I'm depressed by this stuff. You got to be stronger than that. You can't be weak. We, we, We come from people who were lynched. We come from people who were who were who were who were tortured, medical apartheid, who had experiments run on them. You were stronger than this. You were too strong to tell me that I feel depressed because of your video. It's too much. Y'all got to do better than that. And this is something black wealth barely exists. Now understand, and I want you to understand one thing: that this exaggerates black wealth. Ain't no black wealth at at eleven thousand right now. Is it about seventeen hundred? Because they include stuff that, that that like the car and furniture, all kind of stuff that shouldn't be included. It's not even at eleven thousand. It's not even there. But if you listen to people like Andy Young and others, they will have you believe that we're at the top. We're we're doing good. I don't know what you're talking about. It's the poor white people we need to be sorry yeah, for. Yeah, we gotta be sorry. Put up clip eleven. We're just going, we're just going, yeah, that's supposed to be the median, but I'm telling you the median is even lower than that. The median is lower than this. This is the median, but the median is lower than this. The median is like 1,700. It's not 11,000. It's not. They include like depreciating stuff in there that's not counted in wealth. <laughs> that includes your couch, your ratty couch. And your couch is not wealth. That's why they, they do stuff to make it look like, well, you got 11,000, they got 141. That's still not nothing, but that's not even right. So... I think we have one more clip. 11, I think, I remember. Uh, black child poverty, yeah. Yeah, we got another child poverty thing. We got another child poverty chart for y'all. Black child poverty. We got another one. 
Just in case you're questioning whether or not Andrew Young was telling the truth or not, we got one more for you. I just want you to understand, just black child poverty rate holds steady, even as other groups see declines. You got all kind of groups seeing declines in child poverty. Look at I want you to look at the little look at the little um the little black the little the little black line all the way up there in terms of child poverty. Look at the white line. Everybody else is going down. Look at the look at the look at the little black blue line. That's where we are. But you got Andy Young talking about well, they've seen him they've seen improvements among our groups. They've seen improvements among our groups. And he says something about if you please, if you get a chance, watch the whole 16 minutes of the interview. He says something about, well, you know, um, when we were when we were about to get when we were out there with those people who were beating us, we said, we sang, I love everybody. And I want to tell you something. He talked about forgiveness meeting hate. Forgiveness meeting hate. And one of the things that I've had the fortune of meeting a lot of black pastors over the last year or so. And one of the things I've been told is that that is a misunderstanding of Christianity. That Christianity, when you talk about forgiveness, it's about redemption. Once you make us whole, we can talk about redemption and we can talk about forgiveness and we can move forward. The problem in terms of African-Americans in this country, we've never been made whole. And that's how we get stuck in a space where other people aren't stuck at because we were never made whole. And every time you get to trot these people out and have them speak on our behalf. I ain't never met Andy Young. He don't get to speak for me. And we need to tell him that he don't get to speak for us. And I think, you know, one of the things, this sounds familiar to me. When I heard Andy Young on Meet the Press, it sounded familiar to me. It sounded like clip 12 hour. Put that thing up. It sounded like this. This is exactly what it sounded like. Y'all remember this tweet? Y'all remember this? I'm just asking. Do you remember this? This is what John Lewis said about getting beaten up by the police. Well, I thank them for... I, 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 I was beaten bloody by police officers. But I never, you know, hated them. I said, thank you for your service. How you gonna thank somebody for busting you upside the head? How do you you offer a thank you for that? But what you have to understand, because we never got reparations, what you're really seeing here is that these people are bought and sold because we never got anything to make us whole. So after the civil rights movement, they were all vying around for a space. If we had got reparations, they would have been like, okay, I'm good. I can decide what I want to do with the money that I got. I can start a farm. I can start a business. I can do whatever I want to do with the money I got. I can chill out and, and do the right thing. But we never got reparations, so they all became, they, not all, but the, these ones that we're looking at tonight, Andrew Young, they became scavengers. Because that's what America turns us into is scavengers. After King got shot, that stuff was a little bit too deep. Ain't nobody gonna pick up that mantle and keep talking about nonviolence and 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 jobs for garbage men and going here and doing that. No, 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 no. We're gonna get elected into office and get us a check. We're not gonna do that stuff he was doing no more because we saw him get a bullet through the face. We're not gonna do that no more. And you have to understand who these people are. You have to understand that. And you have to also understand that these people have taken all the money. I'm going to show you a chart in a little while, which shows that they have taken all the money. All the money 
in terms all the, of the black money, all the black money in the. No, yeah, they ain't know what the white money. Yeah. White people got 90% of everything. We're living on like 0.2%. But in terms of the black community's money, they got it all. They got everything. Look at that chart. Look at that chart. They got it all. That's the money that boomers have. The rest of us are negative or got close to nothing. They got it all. And the thing that you need to understand is that you never going to get it. You're not going to hear it. People are like, well... If they die, we're going to get it, right? No. These people are taking out. These people are refinancing, taking out second mortgages, buying motorcycles. They ain't giving you nothing. They're not giving us anything. We don't have a middle class. No. What you, you see You see high and nothing. <laughs> you see high and nothing. Look at that. I want you to look at that. Share of black wealth held by each black wealth decile 2013. Real, real high and absolutely nothing. And, and those less held in a home. Those real, those real, real high numbers, those are houses and baby boomers. Yeah. Like, I want to see, if you put, like, yeah. under 50, yeah. money under 50. Does Ain't nothing there. Ain't nothing there. Is there any black money no, under 50? No, there's no black money under 50. All this is baby boomers. They holding in their house, and then their house been refinanced. And, like, people got mad when I said that the guys, the black men are buying cars and all this, and the, and the, and the black mamas and grandmamas is buying Essence Festival tickets. They're doing all kind of stuff with their refinance, with, 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 with their second one. They go their second one. They're doing all kind of stuff. One thing they ain't doing is passing it down to you. They're not doing that. That's not happening. And so I think, you know, they're comfortable. And so when you're comfortable, it's easy for you to say, when you're a boomer and you're comfortable, it's easy for you to say, I don't want to rock the boat. Andrew Young has been mayor of Atlanta. He's been an ambassador. He's been all kind of stuff. He got all kind of retirement checks comes in. It's easy for him to say, well, I think we could talk about forgiveness and coming together. Yeah, because you got your money. You got all your checks. I'm sure you got all kind of backdoor kickbacks and stuff when you was a mayor too, sir. So you got all your money. We don't have it. Generation X don't have it. Millennials don't have it. We don't have it. And it's so contemptuous for you to then come to me and say, this is what you should do. And all those stories he told about my daddy. My daddy this and my daddy slapped me. Go look at the thing. And my daddy, what is it? What a do you know how many black men don't have daddies anymore because of mass incarceration? Do you care about that, Mr. Young? No, he said we're fine. Yeah, he cared about, well, my daddy, my daddy slapped me, he taught me. These people don't, we got people, men and women, who don't have daddies. But I say men because you a man, Andrew Young, who don't have daddies because of mass incarceration. Doing hard time because of weed and selling drugs. And you talking about what your daddy did. Not even thinking about the fact that these black men, they don't have no daddies because of what this, this white supremacist structure did to them. You don't care. And we know you don't care. But you got to leave us alone. You got to stop showing up on TV. You got to stop speaking for us. You don't know us no more. Okay? You don't understand who we are no more. You don't, and you want us to become. Black men are incarcerated at a rate that's unlike any other race, like 10,000 per thousand, any other rate that we've ever seen in a developed country. It's cataclysmic and it's systemic and it's intentional. And you want us to be calm and forgive in the midst of all that. Who do you think you are? What do you think you run? Why does Meet the Press get to call you to have this conversation when you're just selling us out time and time again? That's a problem. 
And it's always going to be a problem. And you should never speak for us. You should never show up no more. And people say, well, Yvette, you shouldn't say that about him. I wouldn't have said that about him. He would have done it himself. You should have done that yourself. You should have took it. You should have taken yourself out of the mix yourself. When them people called you, you should have said, no, it's time for the young people to speak for themselves. You shouldn't have come. You're not here to be the leader no more. Your time is up. And somebody should have told you that a long time ago. But since they didn't, I will. Time's up. Go home. Retire. I don't care. Do something else than what you're doing. You know, he said something. There was also something very interesting that Andrew Young said. If you read that, if you watch that whole interview, he talks about something very suspicious for me. He said, when I was mayor, we didn't, Reagan wouldn't give us no money. So we went to Wall Street. Yeah, Andrew Young, and that's part of the reason we still messed up right now. Because instead of fighting Reagan and his conservatism and his, and, 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 and his republicanism, you went to Wall Street. You could have fought the good fight. You could have demanded something on behalf of the black community in Atlanta. You could have done that. But you again took your tail between your legs and ran to the financiers in Wall Street. These are super capitalists. What you have to do, just like this racist Richard Spencer, he's getting money from government. What you have to say is, I want my money from government. I have a majority black city that needs stuff and has always needed stuff from infrastructure to hood, housing, anti-discrimination. There's a lot of stuff in my community needs. And you go to Capitol Hill and you fight for it. But what no fight, what no more fight in you, was it, Andrew? Uh, Andy. Don't talk about bonds or no. interest. No, no. I need a grant to be made, to make my city whole. Yeah, give me a subsidy. You give you gave this racist a subsidy who runs a cotton farm, Richard Spencer. Give me a subsidy. But it's but you didn't want to fight. But you didn't want to fight no more. And my thing is, okay, you fought with King. You ain't want to fight no more. My thing is retiring. If you don't want to fight no more and there's no more fight in you, I get it. But just walk away. Just walk away. You ain't got to do that. Just walk away. And I think, so, and, and, and Wall Street, is, this is super capitalist. And Wall Street engineered the last recession. It was a great recession. We still haven't recovered from it. They engineered that. And I'll tell you something else. Half these boomers don't even understand that life has changed. The, 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 I was reading something up there about how the Wall Street capitalists today are even worse than they were in 85, 90, 75. A lot has changed. Stop talking to me about what you did. Your tools, your solutions don't fit no more. They never actually fit. We just took. They never fit well, but they certainly don't fit now. These people got worse. Right. Street's got worse. Right. Like if you can imagine. Well, the idea that Chuck Todd had the audacity to tell me that nonviolence worked. If nonviolence worked, who are you? We would be whole. And who are you to tell me that anyway? Who like have you seen Black Chuck Confid- Todd? Who's Chuck That's Todd? A weird looking man with a beard. You're not even a good journalist. Who are you to tell me? Anything? He's a pollster. He reads polls. That's how he got the job. Like I, how the audacity. That that actually means that it actually means that we've been doing a bad job in political education for the last twenty years. Yeah. Because people just don't know how bad off Black Americans no, are. No idea. No like, idea. Like, no idea. Because they got Andrew Young talking about well, we've made strides and they're jealous. Fine. What? Have you been to any neighborhood? Like no, you just you just you you was in your house with your slippers and they came and got you. 
And it's just, you know, he said, don't get mad at, this something else don't get mad at Nazis if you can help them. His daddy told him that. I'm so tired of these daddy sayings. But he said, don't get mad. First of all, stop calling them Nazis, okay? This ain't Hitler's regime. Stop calling them Nazis. Americans. These are American neighbors, people in your state, people that you know. These ain't no Nazis. Hitler ain't do this. This is American as apple pie. These are Confederates. They're homegrown, bred. That's who they are. Don't call them Nazis. Call them by their name. They're just regular old white people. That's who they are. They showed up in their khakis and their dockers and stuff. This ain't nothing. This ain't nothing that Hitler sent Hitler learned from us. Hitler took a lot from what, what was happening to African Americans. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Listen. Put up clips number... I'm gonna tell you though, I'm not don't don't be mad at Nazis. But let me I'm gonna tell you what I'm mad at. Put a clip on 14 to 15 out here. Back to back. 14 to 15. This is what I'm mad at though. Like I, I don't be mad at the Nazis. You can help them. How you gonna help a Nazi? And what I mean, these I mean, why you have a white supremacist? <laughs> I never I, I this is a funny clip. All right. You ready? Yeah, put it, it up. With, hit him with the truth. All yeah, right. hit him with the truth. White people have $13 for every dollar held by black Americans. We work harder. Even when we had degrees, we don't get money. We save more. That's what kills me. We save more than they do, and we still don't have no money. Still don't. We still can't make it. That's that's a systemic breakdown. That's we know what that means. Your country is failing you. Ain't no way you can work harder. Ain't no stock you can buy. Ain't no way you can move. Ain't nothing you can do. You have to get political. Stop telling me I don't have a solution. My solution is we got to get political. We got to get political. We have to have a list of demands of how to put money in our pockets and make up for what has happened to us. And if you cannot do that, then we cannot vote for you. I'm so sorry. We have to have an agenda. Well, you don't have a solution, Yvette. That is a solution. You cannot be apolitical and expect your life to work out. It's not going to happen that way. You cannot duck your tail and run. You cannot hide your head in the sand like an ostrich. It don't work that way. Everybody in the, in the African-American community, everybody has to push that ball forward. Right. It's our turn to push it forward. It's not Andrew Young's turn no more. Go to bed. And that means the politics that uses government power to make us whole. Yeah. That, that means gov- all discretionary money goes to black people. Yes. <laughs> all discretionary money. You giving money to Richard Spencer, who done had money for three generations. Right. You giving money to him, but you're going to tell me, like Diddy, well, nobody going to do it for us. Shut up. And I'll tell Diddy, shut up to his face. If I was somewhere he was there, well, I want to talk to you. Shut up. Sit down somewhere. Maybe I can get a, a whiteboard and teach you something. Stop being, stop, stop being scared of these people. Like, they something. Like, well, you know, that is Diddy. So what? Somebody asked me, well, if, it, if you would just calm down, maybe people give you some space on revolt. What? Who cares? Revolt is channel 1454 or whatever the hell it is. I don't care. I don't want to. Have you ever seen a Diddy contract? Have you ever seen a singer that's been successful for years after signing with Diddy? <laughs> no, this is a person like, how can't y'all tell this is a horrible person? He takes money. He, he signs people to like contracts for a long time. They can't get out of. And he extracts everything from them that he can. This is a horrible person. And y'all tell me, well, you try to get on Revolt TV. Stop being so thirsty. Stop being so desperate and say, yeah, Yvette, we got to get our politics right. Right. That means all government contracts should go to black people. Go to black yeah. people first. 
<laughs> like, I want anything built. I got to make sure I go to black people. And I want to like, say that's, I, I want to that should be else. our politics. Yeah, I want something else. Andrew Young seems more angry at. Oh, he no. Let me say this. He seems more sympathetic to Klansmen than he did to to Black Lives Matter and black activists. Put up clip sixteen. Put up clip sixteen. He seems like he is more upset at us as black people. And especially the millennials who were out in the street protesting not too long ago for, for, for rights, for the rights of black people. Then he seems, you know, for these Klansmen. And this is like he, he called, he called, he called, what did he call them? What did he call them? Uh, that he says, said, yeah, lovable were, little brats. He called the black kids who were protesting in the streets unlovable little brats. Unlovable little brats. Those are people protesting for police shootings. Yeah, Those like, are people like stop protesting. killing us. Like, not even like the, all of our rights we deserve, reparation, reparation, just like stop shooting us down the streets. And he went to, now mind you, he's gonna, look at this camera. This is Andrew Young in the midst of a bunch of police officers. He's licking boots. He's kissing the boots of police officers. Well, these are a lot of people who are just unlovable brats. Now, he can call young black people unlovable brats for protesting against the slaughter of black people in the streets by police officers. But we are supposed to love and care for and be sympathetic to the people who have tortured us, Klansmen. Klansmen have tortured us and murdered us for centuries. But hold on. We're supposed to be sympathetic to them and understand their pain and where they're coming from. But he don't have no sympathy towards young black people. This is something else I see from boomers. Boomers don't have no sympathy towards young black people. You say, so-and-so's in jail. Well, he must have did something to get there. You don't even know what you're talking about. But if I say, well, you, you got to understand where the clan's coming from. They don't have jobs. <laughs> Chicago, I don't think anybody's got a job. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I'm, you know, I don't have anything else. To, I mean, you, we have to start taking back our positions. I mean, we have to start taking this back. You know, this, this is, this is, this is, you know, there is a clip. I think it's called a no money clip. I mean, if you see it. Um, <laughs> well, Antonio just sent me one. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, when you, once you get through with it, that's called, I think it's called no money. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why we keep allowing these people to do what they do and behave towards us. Black millennials and Generation Xs should be livid. We should have we should have rioted out that man's house where he said when he said don't meet the press. We should have been at his house. Who do you think you are? Don't you ever do that again. Don't you ever get on TV and say no stuff like that to diminish us. Never again in your life. That's what we should have been saying. But we feel like we have to be deferential. Well, he's old or whatever. I'm not saying hurt nobody, but you got to start telling these people the truth. You saying stuff that don't make sense is not true. It's not data driven. And it's a problem. It's, it's actually problem. screwing up our politics. It's a huge problem to our politics. Get somewhere and sit down. Enjoy your old age. Buy a cabin with your pension money. I don't care. So Antonio just sent us this. Okay, put this I'll up. Put it, I'll put it up big. because. Yeah, put it up big. Look at this. 
bottom 50% of black households worth less than $1. But we all right, says Andrew. But Young. we all right. Says Andy Young. We've been making we've been making progress. That's why the white supremacists don't like. We've been making progress. Bottom 50% of black households worth less than a dollar. Total net list. I mean, listen, I want y'all to look at this chart. Screenshot this chart, please. Screenshot this chart. We worth less than a dollar, the bottom 50 cent. And this man is coming on TV talking about, well, the reason that they're doing this is because they've seen black success. They've seen black success. That's what he's saying. That's a lie. We let, let me tell you, the problem is we let these people get on TV and lie. Nobody holds them account and be like, you're a liar. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. We don't do that. We don't do that. And where we're headed in this country, where we're headed in this country is a place where, you know, you find no money to put up our, yeah. where we're headed in this country is a place where it's just evolving. And you're seeing this amongst even white millennials now. So what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? This is where we are. That was a that was a that was a that was a great article that talks about how millennials are buying stuff with with, with basically you know, financing stuff that, that boomers used to buy out of pocket. They don't care. They don't care about us. They don't care about genetics or, boom, or, or, or millennials. That you having to finance basic stuff. This is where your country is headed. And you either do something about it and you get active about it. Or you just, you just lose. You just become serfs. And so do you have those Twitters? Um, uh, so, I mean, you have to do something about it. You have to make a move in a direction to do something about what is happening. This is important. You cannot get depressed. Stop telling me in the comments, well, I'm sad. Well, Yvette, you, do you ever talk about anything positive? Listen, let me tell you something. I am not Ayanna Vanzant. <laughs> I am not Oprah. I am not any of these people. I do not want to be any of these people. My job is not to be a pep rally for you. My job is not to be your personal guru that just kind of cheers you on. My job is to help you understand where we are and, and where we are, and I'll help you do it. I got no problem with helping you do it. We're helping you fix what you need to fix and do what you need to do. And do what we need to do to make sure that we are not apolitical. I got no problem with being in a fight. But if you come here, want somebody to rub your back and rub your forehead and say something positive, you're just being a kid. You're a big child. You're you a, you a child in a grown person's body. You shouldn't need that. Ain't nobody promised you life was going to be easy. What's wrong with you? Get yourself together. So put that up. Listen. Is that, is that, who is that? It's I want Chuck you, Todd and Meet the Press. Chuck Todd, listen, I want you, and don't forget Andy Young. I can't find Andrew Young. It's AMB, dot, it's a, AMB Andrew Young, okay. like Ambassador Andrew Young, AMB Andrew Young. So listen, I want you all to tweet Chuck Todd. I want you to tweet Meet the Press. And I want you to basically tell them, listen, stop doing this. I don't care how you say it. Stop inviting people on and no longer represent the black community. Stop inviting. Chuck Todd, stop telling us that the civil rights movement was a success. Stop doing all of that. It's not your role to do that. And you invited somebody on the show who diminished our claim. 
It's, that's not even a big... We're going to start small. That's not even a big thing I'm asking you to do. That's a very small thing. Go do a tweet. Y'all, a lot of y'all tweet about stranger stuff that don't matter anyway. Go on there and say, listen, this is a problem. What you did and how you never challenged him because you view him as some type of God or some type of deity, you got to stop that. You shouldn't invite him on. You didn't have no millennial. You didn't have no Gen Xer. You brought this old civil rights ex-leader who ain't been a civil rights leader for a long time. You ain't been a civil rights leader since King was alive, Andrew Young. You haven't been a civil rights leader for a long time. You got to say, this is enough. You are going to stop framing our struggle through this person and these people. You are going to stop framing what we are dealing with with somebody who was in, who was in the struggle in 1965 and 70. You are going to frame this through people who are going through this today. You are going to introduce new voices. You are going to introduce new people. You are not going to keep doing this to us and, and, and try not the same alleged civil rights to put it up. Oh. And you are going to... We're going right to the man now. Yeah, and you are going to tweet Andrew Young too. And you are going to tell him respectfully, it's time to back away from the camera. It's not your time no more. You are going to tell him that the young wolves are taking over. We mean no disrespect, but your time is done. You ever seen a pack of wolves, how one young wolf, when it's time, they take over? Well, we're going to do that now. We're going to tweet him and say, stop. It's over. You did what you did, and it's over. You were, you, were, you were marching with King. You were mayor of Atlanta. You were ambassador. Your time is up. If they call you to go on TV, you are not going to do it anymore. You are going to respectfully decline, and you are going to ask if they find a young leader, a young millennial, organizer, union organizer. I'll go, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trotting myself, anybody. I'm talking about good black people who are in the streets, in Chicago, Baltimore, wherever we are, and you are going to point them in that direction. You are not going to trot out and show up no more. The time for you to show up on TV is over. You are going to tell me, the press, I'm sorry, but I think you need to find a millennial or a generation excellent who's going through this right now. Because when you were doing that, Andrew Young, you were young. You, why you want to take the young people's place now? You were young when you were doing it, and you, when you were king were doing it, king died in his 30s. And you still talking? No, it's disrespectful. You need to go somewhere and retire. Buy a cabin. <laughs> do what you got to do. But you need to, y'all need to tweet him and tell him it is over. The problem is we don't tell these people it's time to go away. It's time to retire. We're not doing this no more. So it's time to tell him it is over. And it's up to us to tell him no more. Someone, no more. Someone says you should ask Andy Young to make a written apology. Yeah, you should. I think y'all should do that too. You should apologize. You should tell him why you should apologize. Because everything you said was wrong. You should say, I apologize. Tell him, tweet him. I, you should apologize and say everything I said on that show was wrong. Point by point. And you can go through my show and get your points to go back on the show and say, I apologize. I was wrong. I didn't know what I was talking about. Then people pulled me out the bed in my slippers and I wasn't even prepared to go on TV. So I was half sleep, half crazy. I didn't know what I was doing. Apologize. You should. There's nothing wrong with apologizing and saying you're wrong. We got to tell these people they got to go, though. They don't go unless we tell them. We keep waiting for them to go away. They're never going to go away of their own volition. They will be 95 with a cane.
still showing up on Meet the Press. That's not I good enough. I marched with King. Yeah, I marched with King. Don't you remember? I was there when they got shot. Listen, time's up. You got to go. Because we're going to lose everything listening to you and this kind of backward forgiveness that you keep trying to trot out to us. So I want to put it out there. I think we're getting ready to go to the phones in a second. But I want to put it out there because I want us to I want us to get active. And this is just the first step in getting active. Tweeting is just the first step. But you got to tweet me depressed, tweet Chuck Todd, and tweet Andrew Young. That's just the first step. We're going to get active in other ways too. Small steps, people. But we're going to get to big steps too. Take it one by one. One by one. We'll get there. But we got to start where we start at. We got to start by telling these people, listen, no. Mm-mm. I run this now. I run this now. You don't run this. Millennials and Generation X run this now because we're the ones that are here. When you were in your 30s, you ran it, right? And there were activists in their 20s and they ran it. Now you want to still run it? And you in what, your 70s, 80s? What are you? You don't run it no more. You don't get to run it no more. You don't get to run it all your life. And you're not the, you're not the wolf no more. You're not the leader of the pack no more. And your people are poor. Yeah, and you just lie. You're running it into the ground. All the way into the ground. So so the white people who watched got to see Andrew Young. They were like, oh, well, I guess the black people are doing okay. You, dis- you diminished us. They you did not represent us. Yeah. And so you have to be removed. You are not a, you know, the movements are, movements are led by young people for a reason. Young people are lions. Young people have the energy. They have everything. You need to move so that we can make space for other people. We got, we got black activists all over this country. From Philadelphia, Chicago. to so We got black activists everywhere. West Bellamy. Organizers. Yeah. But we can't get them on TV. We can't, we can't bring them in because you still showing up. Yeah, John Jackson in Baltimore, I think, is doing good work. Yeah. A lot of them, I saw some in Philadelphia who were doing very good work I read about not too long ago. It's a lot of black, it's a lot of young black people who are doing very good work. I would like to help them do their work. I would like to help them in preparation for going on one of these shows or something like that. But I can't because you old people always show up and say stupid stuff. <laughs> one of my favorite callers, Alexander Hamilton. Mr. Hamilton, so let's put him on. Oh, no, no, we don't put have him on. Like, wait, let's get him on. Yeah, but let's get somebody on. Let's talk. Let's talk. Cause I, it's ten twenty one. I want to get the people. Hear what the people got to say. What y'all got to say tonight, people? I want to hear what the people got to say. He's eighty five. What are you still doing, showing up at eighty five? Stay home and take a nap. Hey, what up? What up? What up, y'all? What's up, Antonio? Hey, hear me. I ain't got the other thing. Well, no, we gotta we gotta break this thing down. We gotta get some data. Hear me? Can you? Let's pull that chart back up that, that I sent you guys. I want to make sure everybody. Really understood what we're looking at because what we're looking at is a, is a map. And, uh-huh. Hello, I'm here. Yeah. yeah, what we okay? What we're looking at is a map, and that map is basically telling us the reality is black people don't have enough. Young <laughs> black people don't have enough. Yeah, and, and I, I just want to make sure that we understand the 14 million black households. Hear me? We have that up. Yeah, that's uh, up. the 14 million yeah, black up. households. Three million are in the top 20. Three million. So if you're looking at the top 20 percent. Top twenty percent is about three million households. They got all of our money, mm. and they're all above the age of sixty. It's mm. not, and, it, and the thing that you have to understand is that the middle black family down isn't just worth less than a dollar. 
That whole group that's in yellow is worth negative $60 billion. That's credit card debt, college debt, all of those things. And it's not going to go away in your lifetime. You're largely going to remain a debtor class without government. Mm. And, and I want you to understand this. The top, so the bottom 80%, from the 8 all the way down to the 1, uh-huh. is living on $200 billion. They're uh-huh. living on $200 billion with a B dollars. But white America is living on $89 trillion. Oh! And y'all want to go to the same school. Y'all want to send your kids to Harvard with one of them factions on a stick. Ooh. And wonder why your kids are struggling at this school. What uh. I'm saying to you today is that is that what we have is a situation where black America, you know, one person said in the comments, I have a dollar. Well, how much debt you got? Uh. How much your credit cards <laughs> and your student loans? Because uh. you don't have a dollar if you got student loans. What you have is you have a dollar in front of you and then you have $100,000 that you owe somebody. Yep. And they probably want. Yep. And so like, <laughs> the other thing that I, I really wanted to hammer home is Andrew Young made a point. And what he was talking about was the decadent veil. He mm-hmm. said, white America, the middle of white America, the people that are worth $115,000, can't see black poverty. And the main reason they can't is Puff Daddy. Don't mm-hmm. look at Puff Daddy's Twitter right now. Don't look at the main image. I think it's him on a jet ski in some place that none of us ever been to. I would be mad too if I was white. Uh. So what you understand is that that man, Puff Daddy, is the person that Andrew Young was talking about. They need to have a conversation together. We both need to disappear. It'd be better for all the rest of black people if we both disappear. Yeah. Because then we can have And my thing is, tweet it back, show. I'm going to be specific. I want to talk. I don't think nobody out here is doing what me and the vet are doing. Yeah. I know for a fact that nobody out here knows the data. Only like Sandy Darity, Thomas Shapiro, you gotta have like a real economist. But, I, but as far as these activists and everything, nobody's gonna be able to sit down That's and true. tell you the That's data. True. That's true. I don't think Andrew Young knows the data. No. It ain't just, you gotta realize, let's look at that top of the chart. So if you're in the 10, if you're in the 10, right? That's a million families. You just talk to other people in the team. You don't know people in the four, five, the three. Nope. You might come out and do a Walmart dance. Did we get the Walmart dance he did when Walmart came out? Well, and put that, put that Atlanta? But, but, you know, you might come out and do a Walmart dance, but you don't really go to no barbecues with the people in the four. No. You know, your kids might be in the three, and you plan on trying to hustle them out of the three into the seven. But for us, Black people that don't have no boomer, I don't have a boomer. We out. If you ain't got a boomer, a boomer is basically like a lifesaver at this point. They thinking too, but they better than just being out here free women. If you free women, you finished as far as these assets gotta go. Mm. This is the the, the the article where you know Andrew Young brought Walmart to uh, to Atlanta and then he was dancing around. You know Walmart is the worst thing ever. So you got him dancing with these black women. Yeah, and then you got him. Basically, putting down black activists, and then you got him talking for us on Meet the Press, saying that the Klansmen should be recognized. We let me say one last thing: the middle white family in this country, when you add in depreciating assets, is worth like one thirty. We saw that. Understand that when they take out their depreciating assets, it don't go to seventeen hundred. It go to like one ten because they inherit the couch. Mm. They inherit the family car. And also, they already starting at a bigger number. 
So then people are saying, well, it's just $100,000. And for that person, I'm going to end on this, will you show me $100,000? <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank you, Antonio. Y'all go to Tone Talks on YouTube. Tone Talks, subscribe to Antonio's channel. But yeah, I think he's right. Like, you know, I will show up to meet the press because I don't think, I don't think anybody, even the people who are doing good work, know the stuff like Antonio and I know in terms of the numbers. Like, this is about data. It's not about how you feel. It's not about winning hearts and minds. It's about the data. And how do you change that data? And what does that data come from? It comes from our lineage and slavery and everything that derived from that. So, you know, you the, the couple of takeaways from Antonio, he said, we're living, you know, in terms of our not that top. 200 billion. They live on 89 trillion. And you saying, well, I should be equal to them. You don't have what they have. So the question becomes, how do we get what they have? You're not going to get what they have through going to work, through striving, through I'm going to work hard and I'm going to get mine, through Puff Daddy saying, well, we got to work hard. Ain't nobody going to give us nothing they shouldn't have to. If I was watching, every time I go to Puff Daddy's Instagram, because I try to watch these people, I don't just talk. Every time I go over there, he's at some new beach. Yeah, you would think that black people have arrived. You need to tell Puff Daddy, get the hell on. Don't nobody need to see you at some beach every time we're doing stuff and we're struggling. You ought to be offended. Really and truthfully, his only thing is he's like, well, I'm inspiring people. No, you just make people feel bad. You just make people feel like, well, I should be able to do it too. People don't realize you got chose, Diddy. People don't realize everything you did behind closed doors that you don't tell people. People didn't even realize until last night you don't really own Ciroc. And you didn't come up with French vanilla. Your willingness to lie and use your people is why you are in that position. And that's why you're a problem. And Andrew Young is a problem. And that's where we are. So I think that, I mean, you know, we can't count. And start counting debt. Don't say you have no money if you got debt. If you got student debt, any kind, don't say, well, I have a thousand. No, you don't if you have debt. You have to count, your, you have to count assets against debt. You can't keep doing that. What kind of math y'all using? So let's go to the next one. All right, you got it. Puff Daddy. Hey, hey, hey. Look like I got it crunk uh, early in the, uh, late in the evening. <laughs> uh, it's great to be with you again. <laughs> uh, of course. All right, so let me let me give full disclosure. Full disclosure, okay. I am great friends with, with Andrew Young. <laughs> um, oh. I have uh, served, uh, well, I won't go into detail, but I'm great friends with him. And uh, to your comments about my great friend, uh-huh. uh, it could be nothing further from the truth. <laughs> it could be nothing further from the truth. And to understand why what you're saying is correct about my dear elderly friend, we have to go way back and ask the question, what was the civil rights movement truly about? Okay. Was it about enabling all black people mm-hmm. to experience the American dream, or was it about enabling a few black people oh. to behave like white people? Now we have to ask that question because I believe that white people have set a horrible example for how people should interact with each other that white black people have adopted as their own. Black people were communal by nature, which meant communalism, versus what we have now as capitalism, which, you know, of course, black labor, free black labor was built upon. Yeah. Now, this is why today I have to, I have to say I'm anti-affirmative action. 
And the reason why I anti-affirmative action is because affirmative action benefits these people in this order. Okay. One, white women. Two, Africans. Three, Caribbeans. Yeah. Yeah. Four, black Brits. Five, the top 15% socioeconomic sector of African Americans. And then the rest of us. That's so true. if you for affirmative true. action as practice, then you are for all those other groups being uh, uh, allowed to uh, uh, go forth over you. That's Next thing. Not lying. The other thing you have to realize that Ma- Malcolm talked about Negroes and the field Negroes, but there is yet another group, and that group is called the patio Negroes. Oh my. These Negroes, they sit back, they got one foot in the house, they got one foot in the field. They're a field Negro when they need to be, and they're a house Negro when they need to be. You never really all in one group, but are able to pass uh, on each side when they need to. They're chameleon Negroes. Andy Young has taken on this type of role over the years. He's the person that can come and speak in black churches uh, and can get accolades there. And he's also the person who can go and speak uh, in uh, white America and is accepted there. Now, I have to make, we have to make mention that Andrew Young uh, was a part of the great, uh, what I call him, the, the criminalization of black uh, homelessness and uh, black panhandling in Atlanta because we had to make Atlanta, we had to make it more attractive for the Olympics. We know we had to get it ready for the Olympics and we know there are more important things than God uh, like a white man's need to play football so we had to tear down black churches in order for the Atlanta Falcon Stadium to be built. So you had all these type of things that people like Andy Young was the catalyst for. But even as I say that, can you blame them? Let's think about that for a minute. Can we blame them? I want you to think about that very quick. Don't jump on me. When I say can we blame them, what would you have done in 1955 when black people were but being lynched every other day in the detail? But it's, but it's not 1955. What would you have done? No, no, no. Now, one, of the, one of the angriest I ever, times I ever got is that if you ever read Strength to Love and by Martin Luther King, and he says that the civil rights movement is about Winning the affection of white people? Yeah. I got very upset at Dr. King uh, when I read that. But they were living in a time where you either had to assimilate or you had to die. So I have developed a deep and profound empathy for the human condition, and a big part of the human condition is ignorance. It is flat-out ignorance. Daddy, uh, with, uh, uh, of course, what Andy Young is saying. And so we have to have a profound respect for that, much like Caesar uh, had for Cobra and Winter and the other apes who could not read on Planet of the Apes. Last thing, last thing. When I was out in Frederick, Maryland, okay. some time ago, I work on cars, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, it's my hobby. There was a white man out there in the junkyard who was helping me get some stuff off a car for a truck I was working on. And while we were sitting there talking, this white man would call him, just using the word nigga, 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 like it wasn't a thing. And I wasn't saying that because we in Frederick, Maryland, won the last battle of uh, field of the Confederate Civil War. And finally, he started talking about the white man who owned the actual uh, uh, junkyard. He said, this white man making a three and a half million dollars a year, but he only paid me $15 an hour. So 
I have to go over here and work for the chink, and that's what the word he used, he used chink. He said, so he called me nigga, he called me Chinese man chink, and he said, I have to go over here and work for this uh, Chinese man, and he pays me $25 an hour. And then I gave him a $15 tip. I said, so let me get this straight. The China man pay you $25, he's a chink. The black man pays you a $15 tip, and he's a nigger. The white man is taking advantage of you at fourteen dollars an hour with no health insurance, and you don't call him nothing. Uh -oh. And so I, you know, so I think Andy Young was pointing to the fact that white people have been manipulated to the poor white people have been manipulated to believe that black people are their fault. And I'll leave you with this: to everyone who is saying that Yvette Carnell is depressing, let me ask you a question: Do you get mad? At the weatherman for telling you that it's raining? It's been raining on black people for a long time. And no matter how much you get mad at the weatherman, it's not going to stop the rain from coming. Good evening, get an umbrella. Again. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. I ooh, that was a that was a wealth of information. I appreciate that. The only disagreement I have, I'm not mad with what Andy Young said in 1965. I'm mad with what he said in 2017. Cause you now you have a pension, right? You have you have all the stuff that comes with being a former ambassador, and former mayor. You don't have to get tried out and say that stuff no more. That's the only disagreement I have. But what a bounty of information, and I I agree with him. I agree with you wholeheartedly on affirmative action. Like if it were me. If it were me, I would take all these other groups out. I'm in favor of affirmative action. Takes all these other white women, Africans, Caribbeans. Take it out. It's for African Americans descendants of slaves. And That's we'll what I the, want. We'll start with the poorest ones too. Yeah, and start we'll with the, the We can start from the bottom and work our way up. The start from blackest. the bottom and work our way up. The most, the most, the poorest of the poor of, of African Americans, and they get the first slots, and then you work your way all the way up to the top. That's how it should be situated. All these other groups, I agree with the last caller. Thank you for that call. I appreciate it. The criminalization of black homelessness. And he said, patio Negroes. Not field, not house. They on the patio. They go back and forth. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. It's some patio Negroes that need to be called out too. Chameleon. Chameleon moving <laughs> back and forth. Slippery. Slippery. Let's go to the next one. Obviously, we get a couple more in because we yes. get some minutes. We was moving tonight. We was moving. We didn't get through as many calls. We moving. <laughs> no hey, what's going on? Where you calling from? What's your name? Hey, Beth. My name is Tiffany. I'm calling from Charlotte, North Carolina. I love your show. Thank I listen you. to it all of the time. And um, I have been trying to get in contact with you all about speaking engagements. I have a group of people in Charlotte that are ready to do some political action. We have a lot of things going on in North Carolina that you know uh, and I you know that, you know, are just not good for us. They're doing the redistricting of the school lines, which were based off of segregation and Jim Crow laws. And um, I just wanted to you know, see about getting you to come out there, out here to Charlotte to help us get something going. Okay, well, I Check just, on the I cost, just, I availability. just, I sent you an email, but okay. I hadn't received a response it, yet. It, so it might, I was, just wanted it, to give you a call and, you know, kind of ask about that. Okay, one. Send, and then send it, two, send it, send it, also, hold on, hold on, Carla, send it again because I had some problems with my email and I fixed it. Matthew and I fixed it, but send the email again. 
Okay, and then it was a problem with the website. I was trying to register, but it wouldn't allow me to register. So um, I just want to same. let you all know about that. But then, okay, too, same problem. Um, the subscription uh, for the newsletter. So I got the, the subscription. I want to pay up for the year. Is there some type of now way that get, we can do that? She get fancy. She get fancy now. We can, <laughs> you done got too fancy for our little antiquated. We can't do you. I take two dollars a month till we figure something out. This is a house operation. <laughs> I got it. I, I feel you. But you know, one thing that I wanted to say about the people who are like Andrew Young. You know, um, I, I lived in. I grew up in Compton, California. And it's changed quite a bit. I really truly believe that black people have been completely priced out of California. I don't even know how people, black people live there anymore. Um, recently, my husband and I, we visit our families in California. My husband is from Oakland. So, of course, we travel from L.A. to the Bay. And from L.A. to the Bay, it's nothing but homelessness on literally every corner. The only place that you don't see homelessness is when you driving on, you know, five north going up to the Bay Area, past all those farms where they're not growing any food. Okay. So I, I hear you, you know, know. Um, that's black men. That's black men. I'm sorry? No, that's black men you're talking about too. She said that. I already said that's black men you're talking about too. But go on. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, but um. It's kind of sad. I mean, from last year when I visited, I didn't see as many homeless people. Um, now, um, see, it, it's literally everywhere. You know, they pushed them out of downtown Los Angeles. And it, I really feel like it's because of old heads like Andrew like Young, like Larry Reed in Oakland, who sit in those city council seats and all these other types of seats on our local government, and they do absolutely nothing. For years, about 13 years, I lived in Oakland, and I worked for the city of Oakland in their redevelopment agency under Jerry Brown when he was the mayor. And one thing that was like a major issue for me was having to work for and with Larry Reed. He was a shyster. He never did anything for Oakland. In fact, the only thing that he is he says that he put up, but he really didn't put up, was the East Oakland um, Water Park. It's like a recreation center that just got built, I don't know, about six years okay. ago. Okay. But he didn't even initiate that. There was a lady named Jackie Castain who did that. But people just continue, the baby boomers just continue to vote this man in. And it was so hard, it's so hard to get other people that are my age to get up in there and say, hey, go to these city council. Thank you, Carla. I appreciate it. Now, I, I get what you're saying. We got to get to some other callers. But I get what you're saying. It's so hard to get other people to come in and do it. Yeah, uh, but send me an email and we're going to try to, we're going to try to get that. We're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll try to, you know, see what we can do and come out. And, and you know, I, I get what you're saying. She was giving us a history lesson. Well, no, no, they're squatting in these seats, too. That's a problem. Yeah, they like, are squatting. Like, I don't know. I don't want to say Barbara Lee's name, but maybe it's time for Barbara Lee, even. Like, it's time for a lot of these people. Like, they're squatting in these seats and they're not going to give them up, and these baby boomers aren't ever going to die. Like, yeah, you know what's so funny? Like, everybody on this, I'm watching this chat, everybody's like, we got to cut her off. We got, and then somebody's like, that was rude. <laughs> no, no, I love to call her, but we just, you know, we got the gist of her comment and we had to move on because some of y'all going to be complaining to me about not getting through. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, Carla. I appreciate it. 
Hello? Did something? No, I didn't do it. What did you do? What happened then? <laughs> she left. 
He was talking about James Clapper and Trump, and something's wrong with Trump. Trump went on for like an hour last night and some change, talking about the fake media and rewrite what he said. That was the weirdest stuff I ever seen. Trump is unwell, and I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a narcissist, and he's this is what happens when you let certain people just have all the money. They don't feel like they care. He can get in front of TV and just babble. You know that I'm surprised he showed up. If Trump, Trump's not a drinker. Like if he if he was a drinker, Trump would have been done showed up drunk. And just the problem is his brother had was an alcoholic and had all kind of problems. He don't if Trump if Trump was a drinker, he'd have been done showed up. I'll tell you why is it? Cause he don't care. He got money, and since he had money, let him do anything. He can do what he want to do. So he don't care. So you know whatever you know. Some of these clones. But let's try to do one more. Let's see if we get one more uh, in. Chicago. I'm scared. No, I'm just playing. Hey, Carla, where you calling from? What's Hello? your name? Yeah. Hey. Hey, this is Dorset Price from Houston, Texas with the D-Style Party. Man, I was wondering, hey, with black people like Andrew Young and our systemic poverty, I'm wondering how you all feel about it being members of political parties that were started during slavery would eventually, you know, help black people, uh, with these white folks, man, when they've been lying and scheming and manipulating black people for thousands of years, you know, should we focus on that? And do you think it would be wise for us to receive reparations right now saying we don't have an infrastructure to grow these resources in and we'll just give it all, give it all back right now? You know, like me coming to your birthday party and telling you to give me your debit card to go buy you a, a gift. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, but see, the thing is, I believe in reparations as a consistent um, not only payment, but a consistent allocation of resources, right? So you not only have a payment in terms of like maybe a trust fund or baby bonds, but you also have you have your college you have your college institutions endowed, and you have your 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 education paid for, and you have some subsidies for health care, right? So I believe in reparations. Um, that, that would include infrastructure, like all HBCUs endowed. I don't believe in reparations as like a one-time check. I believe that reparations is something that should be consistent, consistent and continuous. And some people say, well, Yvette, for how long? Listen, you have <laughs> oppressed us for about 400 years. And I say this, I keep saying this again and again and again. It takes a much longer time to heal a wound than it took to inflict the wound. So I expect... That we will be, like, honestly, like, if you were to do this right, and people say, oh, that's funny, you would have reparations um, for, for, like, at least, like, 800 years. Because we've been, we've been ground to dust for 400. And it takes a much longer time to heal a wound that you created than it takes to, to do it. People are like, well, Yvette, slavery, slavery was only over the 1940s. And you're talking about 2017 and saying we equal. No, 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 no. So I'm talking about everything from endowments to scholarships to health care to a whole lot of other stuff. I think we should be giving land back because not only the four acres and the mule, I think when you look at land, another problem with the land is that we have, we, we, you know, people stole land from us. People stole ideas from us. All of that has to be given back and we have to figure out a way to do it. Housing down payment waived for descendants of slaves. 20% off the top cut from the government to pay for my down payment for a house. Plus a little bit of money for moving. These are the things that you owe me. So I think these things should be consistent. I'm never, I will never, you will never find me in agreement with just a one-time check. I'm in agreement with baby bonds, or like Sandy Darity says, or even a trust fund is set aside to just kind of dole out money to descendants of slaves, you know, as needed, but I'm not in favor of a one-time payment. This has to be consistent over time, just like discrimination and oppression and slavery in this country was consistent over time. 
So, so like if you were in an abusive relationship, right? Wouldn't you try to get away from these people? Where you gonna go? Where you gonna go? Where you gonna go? Like, like, like you can't go nowhere. Like the the thing is, if you're in an abusive relationship, and that's why a lot of women end up staying. They got nowhere to go. They ain't got maybe they don't have a mama. They don't have family. Wouldn't take them in. Whatever. But you don't have nowhere to go. Like you have to understand that you were snatched away from where you were from, and now you're here. And, like, you don't have a home country. Stop telling me Africa. That's a continent with 54 countries. You don't even know where you're from. You don't have no family. There's nowhere to go. So thinking about somewhere to go is a fantasy. You are American. Ain't nothing you can do about it. That's where you are. But the labor of your ancestors built the richest country in the world. It's time to get your due. And if you don't get your due, at least die fighting for it. Don't die no punk. So, I mean, that's right. But you just said our country, we know our country failing us. So how can we expect, how can we expect, even even if they give us something like that, we have homes and mortgages, like the movie The Big Short. How can we expect these people to honor what they say? How can we expect them to not screw us over again instead of all of us trying to come together, even in this landmass, not leaving America, but if we just branched off to do our own thing as a people instead of trying to move up the ranks in their systems. Ain't no our own thing. America owns this whole country. You know, America owns this whole country. You don't There's get no just branching get... off. You don't get to just branch off and do your own thing. Like that's not something that's going to happen. You don't get to just like, well, I want Kansas. All the Negroes going to Kansas. Like that's not something that's we can't do that. You can't even do that in another country no more. You're going to go to Liberia? There is no branching off, and there is no expectation. You don't get stuff just because you expect white people or racists or the government to be good. You get stuff because you keep fighting for it and you don't let up. That's our duty. That's the only thing you have. So I want to thank the caller for calling in. I want to thank everybody who called tonight. We didn't get to all the calls. I think I went a little bit over time. Um, I apologize for that. Um, but we will get we will get you Monday. Like I said, this is every Monday and Wednesday night for me standard time. Remember, go to breakingbrown.com. You can donate, make a one-time donation, make a monthly donation. You can subscribe to the Breaking Brown newsletter, $2 a month. You can also also go to subscribe to brown.com just to be just to be on my mailing list so I can have you in one place. Share this with your group. Share this subscribe. with your friends. Like this page. I mean, subscribe to this page. Hit the bell button so you get a notification when we're on and all that kind of stuff. And I appreciate, appreciate, appreciate. Don't forget to tweet these people, Andrew Young, meet the press, and let them know we about finished with the bull. And I appreciate it. Thank all y'all for, com- for coming through tonight. <laughs>